We are not live and not at San Diego Comic-Con, but we are still a Slice of Gaming podcast. I'm your host, Moonlight150, for the week of July 21st, 2023. Uh, we got some Call of Duty news at the Back from the Dead, some new Spider-Man trailers and Armored Core 6, Mortal Kombat trailer characters, and more. Uh, so going to introduce our combatants for this podcast. Uh, we got Noob Tubing His Way to Prestige. It's the Uncharted Wolf. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, pre-ordering his Borderlands movie tickets. It's dark. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and caught in his own spider web thread. It's Bench. Hey, happy to be back. Uh, so just wanted to say uh, you can always follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Audible. And we just want to give a special shout out to our listeners on Apple Podcasts in both the UK and the US as we just got some interesting and fun data that we are I think it was like 72 in the UK in the video game podcast on Apple Podcasts. 79, even better. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like 205 in the United States. So thank you for your support on Apple Podcasts, and hopefully we can start getting those kind of numbers on the other ones as well. Uh, but I think that is it. Uh, anything else? Oh, I just do also want to give a quick shout out to that we are going to be doing some extra content in the very near future. I won't say what, but there will be more to this channel on YouTube and the other pod and the podcast services in the near future of not just this podcast of a slice of gaming, but some other fun things as well. So uh, be sure to look forward to that. And I see Wolf is writing Fusion's eulogy in the document right now. Uh, but we do have to mention that Fusion is unfortunately not here. He caught something or other out there. And we're, so we wish him well, but we got to, the podcast must go on. And no, Wolf, he wasn't reduced to Adam. Stop saying that. <laughs> but we're going to move right on over to Wolf for the news. I'm just saying you don't know that for sure, okay? <laughs> he could be gone forever. Yeah, <laughs> he just... hasn't replied to us on Discord yet. I guess it's possible. It's a god bless you, Fusion. You know. <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like as Moon said, we got quite a good amount of news topics. Actually, a busier news week than usual after our last two weeks. So hopefully, we're going to be talking a lot more. Maybe not as much as last week because like that episode went on longer than we all expected. But how did we we'll do see? That? <laughs> I don't know. You know, and like we just start we're talking about different. something, we're going to keep built talking different. About it. We just love it. But yeah, no. Um, as Moon alluded to at the beginning, one of our big topics are that Call of Duty servers are back online. <laughs> Um, this comes from Tom Warren over at The Verge. Thousands of Call of Duty fans are playing classic Xbox 360 titles thanks to a server pick. Uh, Activision has fixed matchmaking server issues in some older Call of Duty titles for the Xbox 360. Now, it says Activision in the article, but I've also seen some reports that it's actually Microsoft that fixed them. I'm not fully sure which yeah, one it came is out accurate. That Microsoft fixed them. That's it. Oh, it was, oh, it was Microsoft? Okay. Uh, we'll go with Microsoft that did it. Um, players have been complaining about matchmaking issues in classics like Black Ops and uh, original Modern Warfare 2 over the past few years as they haven't been able to get into lobbies for multiplayer modes. Now that the servers are back and working, the player count in Call of Duty Black Ops, which might not be totally accurate, stands at more than 100,000. Now, this was um, about like a few days ago when this came up. Um, I think that uh, that number is accurate. When I was playing Black Ops the other day, it was very much at over 100,000. And I think Black Ops 2 was almost at 200,000. So that's just an interesting thing in and of itself. 
Uh, that doesn't mean thousands of Xbox 360 consoles are suddenly being powered on. It's always possible thanks to Microsoft's backwards compatibility support on Xbox, allowing Xbox One and Xbox Series S slash X owners to play these classic Call of Duty games. All you have to do is put your old disc in or even install a digital copy of the game, and all your 360 progress from over a decade ago will have preserved, including your Call of Duty prestige ranks. Um, and I didn't actually put it on the dock, but I also saw that like most of those uh, classic 360 Call of Duty games are some of the best-selling games on the Microsoft Store at the moment. At least like seven of the top ten I've seen, like that number floating around. So like it kind of shows like this is a big, big step for like a lot of Call of Duty fans to go back to these classic games. And you know, as a classic Call of Duty fan, uh, I've been loving it. I've been playing a lot of Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops 1. Um, Moon, I know you've also been playing these. Like, how how do you feel about the news? I mean, it's it's a crazy situation because it was not previously announced that they were doing this. They didn't even officially announce it. It kind of just happened, and then the only reason most of us heard about it was just through word of mouth. It's like, oh shit! Like all the 360 gods are now back up and running. Like they fixed the servers to where you can now properly get into matches, and there aren't as many hackers anymore. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of nutty, but it's. It also makes you think, like, Xbox or Microsoft, if they are really the ones that are behind this, they could have done this at any time, but I guess they just didn't see it as worth the money and investment, because we don't know, like, how long this has been in the works or how long it took them to do this and how much money they spent on it. But the fact that they have the ability to, and they just did it because they're like, well, they're Activision games, they're not directly under us, but now that they are going to be in on Game Pass, they're like, yeah, okay, let's get all this shit up and running because we're going to post all these games on Game Pass. So it's just kind of... Uh, fascinating thing like we think that old servers are just there to die but no they could i don't know how easily but they could in fact be revived so it's kind of just i don't think we've ever had anything like this of like servers that are like 15 years old revitalized like this we've seen um like fan projects to revitalize these types of servers like stuff like that that are very much fan driven but i don't think we've seen like a situation where the actual company revives the servers which is just a very pro-consumer move um and, and also you kind of alluded to something that's like this almost came out of nowhere i actually wanted to pose a question to the podcast here do you guys think this has anything to do with the abk deal now that it's going through like most pretty much definitely going to go through like do you think microsoft are like okay why don't we actually get these servers to work yeah. as well oh absolutely this is 100%. absolutely they wanted yeah. the servers to look good when they dropped them all. Not only that, I think there's a possibility they brought bringing back these servers for the possibility of a switch port. Oh, and yeah, I already know. If they drop a switch, this it's gonna blow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I'm already telling oh, you that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah, I these are classic Call of Duty. Started. Yeah, they're they're games, old, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're classic Call of Duty games. Everyone loves them. Like you know, Call of Duty games as of reset, I. Uh, we'll talk about it more on what we've been playing, but like playing through like Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops a bunch, it reminded me of how much I fucking hate Call of Duty games nowadays. They are just not the same. <laughs> and just like playing Black Ops has just been such a roller coaster of fun. The, I love the maps. I love the guns. I love just, the, I played the campaign, love that. Everything about like just those classic COD games is just so fun to go back to. Uh, Moon, did you notice anything when going back to those old games, at least in comparison to the new games? Not so much the new games, because I barely played. The most I've done in Call of Duty in, like, probably a decade is every Call of Duty comes out, I pre-order at GameStop, get the beta, play the beta, cancel my pre-order, put that money on something else. <laughs> so, but from the little experience that I get from playing the betas, I mean, I don't know. I'm not one who notices this kind of stuff, but the gunplay does seem fine, but map, like, the 
how the maps are definitely do seem to be on the worst side. Like they weren't as memorable. Oh yeah. But once again, this might it might be a nostalgia thing. I don't know, but maybe not because even current COD players are like, yeah, maps aren't that great in design wise. So that's kind of maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it is half nostalgia, half these maps aren't as good these days. Um, yeah, that's but that's uh, as someone who plays a good amount of the like modern CODs every now and then, the map design is absolutely atrocious nowadays. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's all, it's fun to go back. I've only been playing the Modern Warfare 2 one with friends, so it's good time, but yeah, you also remember I don't remember back then noob tubing being such a problem as it is now. Like, I, I remember it was there. Rem- they're remembering That's always how to issue. do <laughs> Yeah, I remember, I, I remember I it know. was there, but it wasn't like as abhorrent as it is now, because I think the joke of Modern Warfare 2 was the game of all of noob tubing. I think they're taking that seriously now, and everyone's doing it. It's ridiculous. Like uh, noob tubing is genuinely so insane. But that's kind of like why I love MW2's multiplayer is that it is so chaotic. There, everything is overpowered. I mean, you got the Akimbo Rangers. That's something in and of itself. And then you have like just um, intervention, quick scoping, no scoping, all that good old stuff. Uh, One man army. Some of the most ridiculous perks in fucking gaming history that I don't know why they're in the game and they thought that were they were balanced, but Mendo that's Pro also... <laughs> Dude, I'm, that's what makes MW2 so Mendo special. Is is that hilarious. It is so genuinely unbalanced that kind of why it makes it so fun. And I understand a lot of people not liking the unbalanced nature. I love the unbalanced nature, but even then, if you want an, a balanced COD, Black Ops is pretty well balanced for the most part, and it arguably has the best maps in the series. And I could say that to Black Ops 2 as well. I, I just I highly recommend like checking out these games for even just the multiplayer. Hell, the campaigns still hold up really well. Yeah, I, especially I the once they drop on Game Pass, because they're most likely all gonna. Yep. At least these 360 ones are probably gonna drop, and then maybe later on we'll get the Xbox One ones like Ghosts and Advanced Warfare and those. Maybe we'll get those later. I keep wanting to buy Black Ops Two, and I'm like, ah, no, 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 it's gonna go on Game Pass. Don't. No, literally, the second you buy it, they're going to announce it. So just yeah, bite the bucket and just buy it already. Nah, I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's everything. In... Oh, my bad for oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I do want to mention that if they do port these games to the Switch, I could be wrong with this, but I'm not like a hundred percent. It's just like from what I know of the Switch, they don't really have, especially after like the whole Smash Bros. situation. They don't really have like a multiplayer community that's like super big. I could see oh, Todd yeah. breaking that community to this, and that's gonna open they... all types of doors and shit. I know they have like Splatoon. They, they have, have like, Splatoon. Yeah, like this is gonna really boost that if they do this. I think for COD to really take off on the Switch, it needs a voice chat, and maybe it's something they implement directly into the game through parties. Oh, geez. Okay, but yeah, that's not I think, happening. <laughs> I think for COD, I mean, Fortnite has that, but I think for COD to truly take off on a Nintendo platform, there needs to be a way to communicate with friends and teammates, not through Discord uh, or whatever. Like Nintendo is so stingy when it comes to voice chat, and then COD voice yeah, chat is like toxic as hell. There's it. no way to get allow it. I don't you see, see what's it. on the Switch eShop? I don't think they really care. That's the Switch eShop. We're talking about like parties and stuff. You start bullying a kid who owns a uh, also, Switch and only plays a Switch, it's gonna cause issues. And Nintendo's gonna be like, "Yeah, we're putting a stop to this." I'll say this. Um, I actually just don't. I don't agree with that because I just don't think Call of Duty's audience is on Switch. I just don't think the audience yeah. overlap exists. I don't think it's going to just suddenly exist if the Call of Duty games go on Switch. 
Yeah, because oh, every, you're not going to play because Call of Duty lives on its multiplayer, and you're not yeah. going to have the P, the COD fans who are like, oh yeah, Call of Duty on the go because how good is that? I'll like on the go experience. The go. <laughs> yeah, you can play Spec Ops <laughs> in the campaign on the go, but no one's going to be playing uh, the fucking multiplayer on like hotel Wi-Fi or wherever they're going. Yeah, exactly. It's just not the audience overlap doesn't exist. That's my personal viewpoint. But yeah, yeah that's the people who play possibility that people, the people who play Call of Duty on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 back then are all PC gamers now for the most part. They're not on their Switch. Not me, baby. I'm a holdout. <laughs> Console player boy. Let's go. Um, but yeah, that's everything in relation to Call of Duty servers. We're going to talk a bit more about Call of Duty um, and what we've been playing. But the next thing is uh, a game that I think a lot of us are very excited for. Uh, the new Spider-Man 2 trailer dropped. Uh, this was at Comic-Con. Is that correct, I mean? Correct. Yeah, they had a panel at Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con. Okay, cool. I don't pay attention to Comic-Con, so I was just kind of hoping that you would say something. <laughs> but yeah, we Fake got a nerd. new Spider-Man 2. Yeah, no, it, that's comics. Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, it looks absolutely phenomenal i mean i'm just gonna ask a bench first and foremost how do you feel about this trailer i mean yeah it looks great i think some of the redesigns are still icky even after miles morales i don't think the peter change was good but i'm kind of over it at this point like the story everything looks good what they're going for is good we didn't see any more combat but that'll obviously be good and i think a lot of the story stuff is just going to be pretty classic spider-man which is always a good time and i think they may do some interesting stuff whether peter dies or not possibility but who knows yeah i mean that's a big theory that's going around the idea of um peter dying kind of being like a major uh story event um dark how do you feel that's mainly like everything i think it looks great venom's redesign is really nice even though like his pose is kind of funny i've been making jokes about it all week i do think and like this is a very bulky venom I'm leaning very heavily into like He's this Craven. You think it's Craven? It's, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, I kind of said that as a joke at first, but then, like the more I see, I'm like, wait a minute. It's probably like there's a possibility of this happening. I could see it. It would make I sense. Feel, I feel like it's just going to be. If you read um... the comic that this is based off of, it fits, and it'll be their own twist on this. What's um Peter's friend named? I forget his name. Harry. Harry. Harry, yeah, I, I think that's. I think they're just gonna have him be Venom because they've really implied the whole symbiote thing at the end of the. First yeah, that game. was like heavily implied in one. Yeah, I would agree if they didn't, because they came out. They were like, "Oh yeah, um, Venom isn't around. somebody that like." Yeah, Venom isn't like a Eddie Brock. They're trying to make like a mystery of who Venom is. That kind of goes against so, the whole like them teasing Harry. It also can be passed around though. Venom is like a symbiote. It just passes through hosts, and it lo- definitely seems to be more of like a personal story with the game through Peter's struggle with Venom, and then we know Miles is going to confront Mr. Negative, which took his father from him, so I think it'll be very good from both those angles. Um, but yeah, that was the actual trailer. The, we actually got uh, some details on Venom himself. Uh, Shinobi over on Twitter kind of got a lot of the main talking points of this. Uh, Insomniac talks Venom in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Tony Todd excels in the role, which, I don't know, I, I just find this, like, quote funny. I would love to see a video game, like, company say, oh, yeah, this voice actor we got, he fucking sucks, but, you know, we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I've said that multiple times on this podcast of, like, these PR announcements, like, yeah, the actor did such an amazing job. It's like, there's no, there's never going to be a time when it's said, 
Yeah, he came in, he did his lines. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he kind of just came in, collected his paycheck, and leave. He's okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, then they also say story impacted his design, emphasizes Venom's strength, fear, overwhelming presence, and then goes into what happens when that darkness, you know, symbiote takes over Peter. Which I think we got a lot of snippets of in the trailer itself with Peter. They clearly like leaning into this angle of like Peter being very much taken over by the symbiote and like how it's affecting away. him. Yeah, his relationships and whatnot with Miles, MJ, all the characters. It, it's really interesting. Like I, I love the direction that they're going with this Venom storyline for sure. This is also say, my favorite Peter, so I'm I think I'm really gonna like I'm, this. I do want to say that um, they're taking a lot of inspiration from the Spectacular Spider-Man, which also did this like the very same thing with this uh, with the symbiote. In fact, the amazing the Spectacular Spider-Man, they had it so that the symbiote, the black suit, the white crest, it, it would deepen and like his suit would keep for, like changing and forming. Like the more white that was on the suit, like the spider symbol, the more that uh, the symbiote has taken over, and it would gradually affect throughout the episodes. And it was a really cool thing that I haven't seen up until now again. So, see them take this approach is well, really interesting. Insomniac is just like a key studio for Sony now. They're just, they yeah. deliver constantly. I, I still argue that they are Sony's best studio at the moment. Oh, I think yeah. they're one of the best in the industry. Yeah, oh, just in, in the industry in general, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we also got uh, details on the new PS5. This comes from the PlayStation blog. <laughs> First, look, PS5 console, Marvel Spider-Man 2 limited edition bundle. Uh, pre-orders begin July 28th in the striking new design but inspired by Marvel Spider-Man 2 in-game symbiote. Uh, this includes a first look at the PS5 console, Marvel Spider-Man 2 Limited Edition Bundle, which in- features a custom PS5 console cover design and matching DualSense wireless controller. And I got to say, guys, when it comes to limited edition consoles, I think this might be the peak. I genuinely It looks love great. It. However, mm. we have a rumored PS5 Slim for this year. So why are they making it? No, not this That's year. True. Slim, this I year. thought, was this Actually, year. Okay. Next. That and one then, report like, that came out said November next year. Yeah. Is the well that was the pro? Don't we have a slim that's just like a soft redesign? No, I don't know about uh-huh. that. Is this just a digital edition though? Like no option for disc? Oh, I don't know. Um, that's no, a question. no, this is they're gonna have a disc version. I, can, I don't I think so. Part about this, it doesn't really matter because you can buy the plate separately. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. No, they show they yeah, show there's can, a disc version. Okay, yeah, you can just buy the plates. You don't you can use whatever version you feel mm-hmm. like. Oh, the, the, buying the plates, that's very exciting because I'm not going to buy a whole new PS5. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 pretty... I hope more special editions start doing that. Yeah, that's pretty smart so, for Sony. I, I don't know if they did that. I'm surprised God of War Ragnarok didn't do that. Yeah, the fact that yeah. God of War right. Wait, did that get a special edition console? I don't think so. It didn't get a console. It got a controller. I think it was... I think the, the problem was there that it still was two years... Of, out from that, that it was pretty. They're just still sell, selling off some stock they had backed up. Yeah, so I don't also, think it made sense for Ragnarok, them to make just a whole new. Ragnarok was a PS4 title, so I feel like they want to make Spider-Man 2 like, hey, this is the first big PS5 yeah. exclusive outside of the other PS5 exclusives that are no longer <laughs> PS5 exclusives. Yeah, they had yeah. Japan exclusive. That's yeah, they should have put that for that as well. But yeah, I'm, I think I'll get the plates. I'm not. I, I'm definitely getting the controller. I'm going back and forth yeah, on the plates. I'm I'm going oh, back and forth on the plates. I've actually have never gotten a special edition console anything. Oh, me neither. Uh, I no, I got the my Wii U was the Zelda Wind Waker one. 
I got well, a the couple. Well, the one is uh, just a black Wii U, isn't it? It was a black Wii U, but the gamepad was a little different. Oh, okay. A lot of the Gears of War Collector's Edition controllers. Well, I mean, what about console? Not, nothing console-wise. Yeah, because, like, controllers is, like, you could just buy a controller. It's, like, okay, like, a $60 investment, but, like, you're going to, like, use that controller the whole time. The console is, like, oh, man, I guess I sell get a whole my other console. old console buy a whole new one. Like, I feel like, especially with, you know, how PS5 stock is, uh, you know, it's getting, it's a lot better now. But also, it's like I don't trust you. I, are you? Did you make enough? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much everything in relation to Spider-Man Two. Do you guys have any last thoughts on that? No. It is expensive though. The plates are fifty bucks. Fifty for two he's pieces actually, of plastic. I mean, yeah, but it's got a cool design. It's got a cool paint job. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, fifty dollars. That's actually cheaper than I expected, to be honest. Yeah, especially like eighty. Yeah, same. Nah, that's what you're spending on the controller. No, that's what I'm spending on the game because we buy the super deluxe digital edition. You're getting them all the statue? No, I'm getting the digital deluxe edition that comes with like ten extra suits or whatever. So does the one with the statue, but you also get a statue in the mail. But I don't <laughs> like physical. Oh, there it is. You. <laughs> he's hanging the downfall he's, of physical. He said the thing that everyone was afraid of. <laughs> Uh, Listen, I only say what people want. Digital only because of Bench. The p- yeah, okay. I'm glad that the industry is just going to get overall worse because of people like you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, this guy so much. Okay, uh, <laughs> last big news topic of the week. I say big news topic. I think I'm the only one who cares about this. <laughs> but uh, Armored Core 6 got a new trailer. Uh, it's a, a story CGI trailer. I'm just going to ask now. It, did anyone else watch this? I, I did. Cool mech game looks cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the cinematics were cool, but that's all about all I could say. It's pretty much the awesome. Elden Ring story trailer that just like you're. It's just all right. This is game. my time to shine. It's time to bust out the nerd. Time to mute Wolf. Okay, well, you <laughs> know it's a podcast with me. Shut up. Yeah. Um, Armored Core Six. Um, definitely, I'm not an Armored Core fan. I'll say that right now. But I am a massive From Software fan. Uh, and this trailer did a lot for me just in terms of like the aesthetics of Armored Core. I think just in general, like they did a great job of kind of showcasing. Because like, here's the thing. A lot of people are saying, oh, CGI trailer. They've shown plenty of gameplay up to this point. So like a CGI trailer like here, right here is not too bad in my opinion. Um, I will say that I do think, um, what's it called? I think there was not enough in the trailer to make me go, I oh, that's what the story is going to be about. But also, I feel like I don't really need to know because, like, just in general, like, they're going to actually show that stuff in the game. Like, they're gonna, we're going to get, how do I say this? I don't need to know everything about a story going into the game because I'm going to play the game and experience the story. When I get pre-release uh, footage of a game, I want to just get an understanding of kind of, like, how they're going to be handling it. Just, like, like, an overall, like, this is what it'll look like. I did uh, talk to a friend of the show um, about this. And um, all I'll say is that he very much said that the augmented humans kind of being a thing in this game, very much the humans being a part of the mechs, something like that. I don't know much about mecha in general, so I'm just going off of what he said. But that's something that's kind of coming back from the original Armored Core. But in general, like Armored Core games in general don't really have much of a connecting through line. They're very much all in their own separate uh, canon, kind of like uh, Final Fantasy in that regard. 
So I, this is going to be a great uh, jumping in uh, for the series. I'm I'm ready for it. I love From Software. I feel like they never miss. And just the idea of a new Armored Corp always, like, just them doing something different from a Souls-like is, and then just going full mecha is very exciting to me. So, again, I'm not the hugest fan of mechs, but I also think I, I am willing to give mecha a shot if they look interesting to me, and Armored Core looks very interesting to me. Was that enough Armored Core talk? <laughs> I want to jump out oh, of the more. Point, real quick. Um, you mentioned how like, they, they don't really show much in the trailers. I think that's a really good thing. Especially in this day and age, I don't oh, know yeah. why. Agreed. Less is more because I think that the biggest like, uh, like culprit of this as of late is Final Fantasy 16. They showed a lot of it, to, like really like highlight moments within the trailers. Yeah, that's why like, I skipped for no reason. <laughs> like I'm like, I there's like, no reason for this. Another thing they did it was Trails into Reverie, but I'll get into that later. But like, the people Trails? who make game trailers stop showing all the cool shit inside the trailer. Save some of it, please. <laughs> No, I, I yeah. fully agree with you. I think trailers do need to stop showing so much, and I, that's why the armored course stuff. I feel like every trailer I see, it's like I'm not like, I'm not. I don't feel spoiled. I don't feel like I know well, everything going in. And that's exciting. The big problem with the constant trailer thing is like a game gets announced four or five years before it comes out, and you just got to keep reminding it people about it, so you just constantly get thrown trailers. Yeah, full of Breath yeah, of the that, Wild too. I don't give a shit, bro. You don't even show me trailers twenty four seven. Just let me know the game's coming. They showed us jack yeah, I mean, shit, and the game had all this fucking cool shit inside of it. People were happy. It was, more of that. It was, it was such a. It's a weird thing. Like a lot of trailers just feel like they the need to justify their existence as a game. It's like guys, guys, we, we're showing another trailer at this event and then this event. It's like you don't need to do all that. Like just have a have a reveal trailer, gameplay trailers, hands on stuff, and then like maybe a launch trailer in there. That's it. Like, like Armored Core hasn't really gotten that much of a marketing. Like it got announced last year in December, and it's coming out next month, which is absolutely insane to me. But and then now it's coming out. And it's like I feel like I don't have that many trailers, and I don't need that many trailers. I've already sold on the game. I need to watch some gameplay trailers. It looks good. It looks really good. I'll say that much. Um, and we are planning on doing some uh, a meal prep on Armored Core Six. I'll say that right now, and I'm I'm really excited to talk more about that game. Boilers. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> and I'm just hyping them up. Things are in the works, guys. Okay. All right. We, we got big shit. plans. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our small topics. So a lot of these are very much like big topics in and of itself. Um, I don't even. Uh, I guess like just to start us off. Xbox Live Gold is transitioning into Xbox Game Pass Core. Uh, this comes from the actual official Xbox account. Today, we're continuing our commitment to give players more choice and value by introducing Xbox Game Pass Core, launching on September 14th. Game Pass Core is the evolution of Xbox Live Gold. Game Pass Core will give our players access to our advanced multiplayer network, a select collection of 25 games to play with friends around the world, and exclusive member deals all for $9.99 USD per month or $59.99 USD per year. Um... Our launch collection of more than 25 titles from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our content partners will offer something for everyone to play on their Xbox Series X slash S consoles and Xbox One consoles. Today, we're confirming the following titles for launch, with more to be announced in advance of September 14th. New titles will be added two to three times a year. The list of games is... Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Gear, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Guardians, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Sun and West, Fire, Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the West, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Uh, game library may vary over time by country. 
Uh, and for current Xbox Live Gold members, on September 14th, Live Gold members will automatically become Game Pass core members with no change in pricing and have immediate access to a new library of over 25 high-quality games. Member deals and discounts will also be part of Game Pass core. Games with Gold will come to an end on September 1st. Players can continue to access any Xbox One games they've previously redeemed through Games of Gold if they remain a Game Pass core or Game Pass Ultimate member. Regardless of subscription status, any 360 titles redeemed by Games with Gold in the past will be kept in the player's library. So I said a lot there, especially when reading through the games list. I guess I'll just immediately asked dark you're the big xbox guy any thoughts on this so i'm not sure if you guys remember because this happened like i think like a year or two ago we heard news that uh, xbox live gold was going to be developing. i forgot who leaked it it might have been jeff grubb to be honest somebody leaked it that um xbox live gold was going to be taken this this happened around the same time that they increased the price of xbox live gold funny enough and that backfired like terribly but um oh yeah <laughs> yeah this has been in the works for a super long time and so it's nice to see that this is finally happening it sounds like it's a benefit i don't really see any negatives they just worded it fucking confusing as hell i don't know why xbox is yeah. like hire somebody that can word this shit better like even the xbox like, yeah, like, who makes these names but besides that it seems like people game are winning i just find the interesting part of this the list of games like there's like three or four non-xbox first party studio games there so it's kind of interesting to see like i guess they paid the extra money or whatever worked in the contract or whatever to get, what was it, Among Us, Humans Fall Flat, and something else. Like these non-Xbox first-party games. Do you, want, do you games. want me to read through the well, whole list of games? No! <laughs> so here's the thing. They're not paying any extra money because it's just Game Pass. There's no more Xbox Live Gold. They're just making everybody Game Pass. That's all it is. They're just giving you some Game Pass games. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, all the stuff. And they don't need to renew any contracts or anything. Yeah, exactly. Putting it through the core. The only thing is that I feel like these are going to be like permanent titles through the core. I doubt they'll remove stuff. I mean, they could always do that. I mean, that I mean, it depends on what type of contract, but they'll probably they remove it. They have the PlayStation Plus collection with um, Persona 5, and that had to get removed from the PlayStation Plus collection, which I really? still keep forgetting that the PlayStation Plus collection was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now we have the new PlayStation Plus thing, which oh, I have my opinion. I haven't, I haven't downloaded it. I'm going to go download that during the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Moon. <laughs> we wouldn't be here without you. Um, but yeah, I guess any other thoughts on this? It's about Game right. Pass. This is the best deal in gaming, do you go? I still have I still have Game Pass Ultimate, so this doesn't affect me. Yeah, I don't really have any need for this because it's like I already have Game Pass. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got some Mortal Kombat One trailers. Um, you know, the Moon kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but we have got like kind of the official look, uh, like a brand new like story s trailer showing some brand new characters. Um, I already forgot their name, so I'm going to rely on you guys to handle that part. And also uh, um, a DLC trailer. Um, but um, do you guys remember the names of the new characters? So it's Lame. Like it's it's I can't remember what it is. Lame May or Lame or something like that. It's a character I'm not familiar with because she's from the like 3D era, from like the PlayStation 2 era of Mortal Kombat that I'm not familiar with. Pretty much my knowledge only extends to the reboot of Mortal Kombat 9 back in like what was that 2011. Um, so it's a character I'm unfamiliar with, but apparently she's like some bodyguard for the royalties characters like Melina and Katana and all that. So interesting character. Uh, I still need to look into this, but there's the other character that revealed besides Baraka, who's just Baraka hasn't been redesigned. It's Baraka's still at Baraka. Uh, yeah. But there's another character, Tanya. Now there was a Tanya in, in Mortal Kombat X, who was a DLC character, but she's completely different from the Tanya that's in this one. So I don't know if it's just coincidentally have the same name or if they have completely changed his character because she was like middle eastern or egyptian or something like that in mortal kombat x but now here she's a black woman 
So I don't know if it's a complete redesign of the character or reimagining, or if this is just another character with the same name. So I have to look into that. Uh, but they all look cool. Baraka had some cool combos. If I were to play one of these three, it'd probably be Baraka. Um, and yeah, Zori Kazoo looks good. I just wish I could. I would just wish it was coming out at a different time. <laughs> There's too many yeah, other games coming out around them. Um, there was also the. Oh, no, for cutting you off. Um, the whole story premise of this new Mortal Kombat is really dumb and stupid in my opinion. Yeah, we know like, you're not step... moving on. Yeah, you're like the <laughs> no, one no, no, person no, no, no. who doesn't I'm, like I'm that. not... <laughs> Let me my point before you, like, start roasting my ass. Hold on. They started making changes to the characters fundamentally. So now Sub-Zero and uh, Scorpion, for instance, they're brothers now instead of, like, mortal enemies. So them changing her race, possibly, could just be something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's what I think. So it does I, just want, I just wanted a confirmation on that. But yes, the game still looks fucking shit, alright? <laughs> oh my god, this is such an awful take. You're the one human being on Earth who thinks it looks bad. <laughs> Guaranteed there's other people besides me that would believe this. There's there no one else. Of, there are there's dozens of the only people who think it look the only people who think it look bad are just people who don't like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I don't yeah. like Mortal Kombat. I just don't like this don't one, but it looks like fucking shit. I played most of them. It looks the exact same. I have no idea what you're talking about. It looks too literally. I don't like it. It looks weird, bro. This this take makes no sense. That's the problem. (laughs) I mean, the designs are all different because there is like it's a revamp. It's a in-universe reboot. So of course they're gonna change some stuff. It's not the designs. I don't. The designs actually, for the most part, seem fine. Besides Ermac, which they showed, which (laughs) we get into in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about the combat back a little bit. There is a super hyper realistic look to it that I'm not vibing with. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it. they've been doing that since like Mortal Kombat X. That they've they've always gone like to the as far it's as they so could go at the like animation at points. the time. <laughs> I don't like, know how to explain it. That's how it was, that's just my point. But yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to also mention that the combat pack got revealed. Um, with new characters. Uh, I see Homelander, which is the big uh, oh. one that they're showcasing. Um, uh, Omni Man from Invincible, Peacemaker, uh, Ermac, and then two other characters I don't recognize. <laughs> uh, Quan Chi and Takeda. Quan Chi and Takeda. Okay, thank you so much. But yeah, the, the, that's honestly a really strong uh, DLC lineup, in my opinion. Uh, the big ones being Homelander, Omni Man, and Peacemaker. Which apparently Homelander is going to be the first one out of the gate because I forgot where I read it, but some they actually gave him. Uh, schedule for homelander which was supposed to be early 2024 so it seems like homelander is going to be the first of the dlcs to be out which i find i think the trailer should be like the the release order too yeah um and yeah strong dlc pack for sure oh yeah for sure it's gonna be crazy Uh, seeing someone like peacemaker going up against omni man and homelander it's like what i i can't wait for the i mean like i would do for every mortal Kombat games every Mortal Kombat game. Look up the fatalities on YouTube when it comes out and be like, this is my game. <laughs> That's all I so care about. But like, when does the DLC drop? Is it just over time? Yeah, um, they drop like the every... characters one at a time like every couple months. So Homelander's going to be first in like early 2024. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, it's a better release schedule than uh, Overwatch 2 characters when they come out. <laughs> it's similar to Street Fighter release. Uh, like, how do you <laughs> go with that? <laughs> I'm just worried about Homelander is just going to be Superman from Injustice all over again with his laser eyes, I can tell you right now. That's going to be annoying. <laughs> oh man, that's annoying, yeah. That, that reminds me of like uh, a lot of projectile <clears throat> characters in Smash. 
which but yeah i mean moon you know that, that that's a, not mm-hmm. a fun feeling <laughs> but yeah quan chi and ermac make sense because they're classic mortal kombat characters but they apparently have no correlation or inclusion in the story so they're just kind of relegated to dlc Takeda's the weird case here though because he is a new character from Mortal Kombat X. He's part of what's called the Combat Kids, is what they called those characters. It was like a group of four characters from Mortal Kombat X because they were the kids. Because they were the like half the squad was kids from previous characters, and then they were then they introduced new characters like Takeda, and they were just part of this like this teenage group. But apparently Takeda's been the fan favorite since then, and so he got the inclusion here. But I'm just curious. I'm guessing it's just because it's fan favoritism because clearly. With the universe resetting, Takeda should not be born at this point in time. <laughs> so it's uh, I think it's he's just, related to Kenshi, I believe, right? I could be. Yeah, right. I think he's related, but he's Ken- not like his kid or anything. Yeah, Kenshi yeah, seemed pretty. Like, he seemed like he was like thirties, forties. Yeah, know. so this could be. I mean, we don't know. Once again, it's DLC, teenage, so it's home, yeah, it's it's still uh, DLC, so there's really no touch on the story. So this could just be like. Hey, you know, here you go. Here's fan favorite Takeda back. And they don't have to worry about explaining why is Takeda here when everyone's young again. So I think that's why he got relegated to DLC. But yeah, regarding yeah. the Ermac thing, it's um he needs a bit more red in his in his costume, but besides that, I think he looks fine. But getting into Ermac, his design, like he's always been kind of like a mummy. Like he's always been like wrapped up. Most of the time where he has like the red he's always like the red ninja compared to like but, the ninjas. This one did is showing like his football mummy side, it looks really jarring and weird. He looks if you know he like, looks like the husk. Him from previous games. Yeah, it is a really interesting take they went with him and I'm not that big they, of a fan of it. They went with the whole husk design. He's a, like a living husk. I'm sure person. he'll have like something more of what we were expecting, but his base design is not really hitting for me. Quan Chi just looks like Quan Chi. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even change much of him. Okay. It is interesting to well, see that Quan Chi isn't involved in the story when Shang Tsung is supposedly the big bad, because they usually go hand in hand. So it's interesting that Quan Chi is nowhere to be found in the story. Uh, he was Moving involved on. in the story for the last game, right? I don't think so. Was he's just been kind, he's been kind of absent. He was in Sub Zero Anthology, so that's all I know. <laughs> he was in Nine game. and I think X. I think he skipped out on Eleven because I think yes, he died uh, in X, if I remember correctly. Yeah, since Sub Zero and uh, Scorpion are like brothers now, they're probably not gonna have that crazy rivalry, meaning that he can't abuse Sub Zero or Scorpion <laughs> like he did in the previous entries. So that's why he's out of the story this time. All right, that's good to hear. Um, next big news topic, or small news topic, I guess. Uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Outlaws got some new details. This comes uh, Chanel B got a little break breakdown for us all around Twitter. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws open world details: four planets revealed so far, fifth heavily implied, comparable in size to two or three zones in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I, I, you could you hear the tiredness in my voice? Just tired that out. This game is huge. Okay, <laughs> to two or three zones in auto. I, I mean, like two or three zones. I think they mean like the whole map is two or three. Zones. You know how fucking big those two or three zones? I played through oh, yeah, Odyssey. No, that shit is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, each is handcrafted, not procedurally generated. All right, I know you're trying to like get on Starfield for that. Don't don't act like you're <laughs> eat your heart cool out, like Starfield. Actually, <laughs> the... these massive zones are like as if they handcrafted everything. I highly disbelieve that. Uh, the predetermined areas for takeoff plus landing. Did, did this do anything for you guys? This excitement? No, Fusion's not here. He's definitely the most excited person I for mean... this game. I'm definitely excited was... for the game, but it didn't make me any more excited or anything. I'm going to play it for sure. 
I mean, I definitely I prefer know. something to this over than like Starfield and having its ten like unique planets and everything else. It's just kind of like, here's a mineral planet. That's there you go. That's that's all this planet's good for. <laughs> I do wonder I mean, how it's going to be like going from Starfield to this. Because <laughs> Starfield comes up adventure. before this, and it completely show it up and not be good whenever we eventually play. I mean, it'll be a decent chunk in between. Like we'll have Starfield September. Yeah. This isn't until like. What twenty twenty four? Yeah, did just they give like a like a quarter like a quarter or anything? No. Just just twenty twenty four. Okay, I can see this being like a mid to late twenty twenty four game. It's it, people are gonna forget about, or I don't want to say forget about Starfield, but it's not gonna be like the main center of attention. Like yeah, you look at Elden Ring and Horizon, like they literally came out like a week apart, so that that's why Horizon was in a lot of ways unfairly compared to Elden Ring in that regard. But then like with this the game, it's like it's like a year. Yeah, dude, Horizon is cursed. <laughs> yeah, Horizon has the worst. When the Elden Ring so... expansion comes out, <laughs> they could have announced something for Horizon like the same day. I'm telling you. That's that's gonna be something else. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got in general like this doesn't really get me too excited. If anything, it gets me less excited for the game. Just like just hearing the words comparable in size to two or three zones in Odyssey. Oh man, <laughs> that just, just means there's something. gonna be a lot of side quests that I'm gonna ignore while I do the main story. Yeah, no, exactly. This is just doesn't do much for my personal excitement. But also, I'm not a Ubisoft fan. Uh, Fusion's a Ubisoft fan, but he couldn't make it on tonight. Uh, God bless his soul. He was reduced to atoms. Reduced to atoms, yes, sir. Uh, next news story. Uh, the Borderlands compilation Pandora's Box uh, remaster for PC rated in South Africa. Uh, this comes from Sal Romano over at Gamatsu. The Film and Publication Board of South Africa has published its classified films and games for April and May 2023, which reveals the unannounced the Borderlands compilation Pandora's Box from 2K um, and also Origination from Bandai Namco. I don't know much about Origination, so that's why I didn't put it in the headline, but uh, the big one here is the Borderlands uh, Pandora's Box compilation. Dark, you're a huge Borderlands fan. You got any thoughts on this? What is the point of this? <laughs> there is, like, three Borderlands collections. Look, there's not even that many Borderlands games. It's like, what, there's one, two, the pre-sequel, and then uh, three. And then, like, there's uh, the Tiny Tina spinoff. There's, there's also like three collections tales. for those games. The tales from the, there's also the two Borderlands. different I'm Tales from Borderlands. I'm just counting like the mainline series ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, you got all the main ones. There is like I three think... collections for these three games. Or... <laughs> like, what else could you add in this collection? I'm guessing it's just has to be... Is it going to be one, two, and three? Because I guess they haven't done I'm that guess... yet. Yeah, yeah I guess, yeah, that has to be just one, two, three, maybe pre-sequel in there, too. Why not just, yeah, like, just a full the previous collection to have it? Why are you making Money. Them <laughs> Money. <laughs> Yeah, no, delist it like they did with Metal Gear Solid, like uh, the ports. Oh, delist yeah, it and then put it back up. It's the same thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, it's because Gearbox realized that their only real money printer is Borderlands, and they're like, okay, we gotta milk this franchise for all that it's worth. For any of you guys that haven't played the Borderlands series, okay, save your money. Uh, go buy the collections out now for like ten bucks every time they go on sale. They're great games. <laughs> you have to have save your money for this new collection for whatever reason they're doing it. Yeah, because I'm sure um, buying, because like even Borderlands Three, the newest game, goes on sale to like the base version is to like eight or nine dollars. So you buy the deluxe edition goes like twenty bucks. Yeah, you so it's like you buy, yeah, you buy two pre sequel and three separately on the store on sale for like less than what this collection is going to be probably. I don't understand yeah, like the purpose of it. I'm I'm a very casual Borderlands fan, and you know, I, like I played two, three. 
I played a little bit of pre-sequel, hated it, but uh, two and three I enjoyed a lot. And I, I didn't play any of the DLCs for three. I'll say that right now. But like, if they release this collection, I'll tell you right now, I'm completely skipping it because it's just not. In, I'm not interested well, enough. You're better off getting the handsome collection. Yeah, it's like yeah, super exactly. cheap. You're buy, yeah, better off getting the handsome collection and just buying three separately. Or the legendary exactly. collection. I think that comes with like the other one. Yeah, it's, legendary uh, comes with uh, the first game. Yeah, which you don't really need to play the first. The, the second one's just an upgraded version of the first, first game. game. It's fun. You get appreciation for the first game if you play though. But yeah, exactly. Um, and also, while we're on the topic of Borderlands, uh, my, my boy Randy Pitchford over on Twitter gave us the date for the Borderlands. So, the Borderlands movie, <laughs> which will launch in theaters August 9th, 2024. Man, this movie. Did you guys remember this existed? <laughs> I, I just you know? casually remind myself of it every couple months. You yeah, mentioned no, Randy Pitchford gave me the PTSD flashbacks to uh, his magic trick, but um, I I get PTSD of when he ass- <laughs> assaulted Kevin Hart at his trailer and said, "Hey, Kevin," and he's just like, "What the hell? Who are you?" <laughs> I don't know, man. Hopefully the movie is good. I want to support Kevin Hart. I, it won't be. It's fucking hilarious. Really it's, it's gonna. It's There's gonna no suck. way in hell. I mean, I mean, I want to watch it for Steve Blanchett and Jack Black and Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis, but. Jack uh, yeah, who's Jack Black playing? I don't even know. Claptrap. Oh, okay, oh that's, okay. A, that's, a, that's good casting. That's, yeah. that's a good casting. <laughs> he's yeah, he's yeah. voicing I mean, Claptrap. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. This movie's not going to be good, but, like, I'm also so freaking excited for it. It could be so it's bad. It's going to be good. awful. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it could be one of those. That's why I'm excited for it. And, and like, uh, it kind of uh, works I, because Borderlands is, like, a very funky and psychotic universe or, like, something so bad it can fit. And I'm just ashamed to say that, but... There's not much else to say I, about it. I will say there were a lot of reports of this movie that they finished filming like two years ago. It's been in post-production hell from what I've heard. There's even been like one reports. or two reshoots as well. Yeah, and I heard, um, I forget who it was, like a writer or something. They kind of just don't even want to be associated with the project. I think yeah, they're the going under director. like some pseudonym now. Yeah. So it's a, directly credited. I'll, I mean, that just kind of tells you this movie's not going to be good, but man, am I excited for it. Because <laughs> at the end of the do day, if it's so bad it's good, damn, is it going to be good. <laughs> do you want a quick refresh on who everyone's playing? I guess I just pulled it up right now. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, so Kate Blanchett is Lilith. Kevin Hart is Roland. Jack Black okay. is Claptrap. Jamie Lee Curtis is Dr. Patricia Tannis. Ariana Greenblatt is Tiny Tina. Florian oh, Moon... Muntuno is Krieg. And that's by again for the main cast. And there's like some smaller characters here at the bottom. Oh, man. Yeah, Tiny Tina's in this movie. <laughs> Krieg is in this movie, too. Um, hey, Krieg, Roland, Tiny is, Tiny. Roland is the most serious character in this entire series. Yeah, and then Kevin Hart <laughs> yeah, is actually, playing him. That is a I weird cast. Sure how this is going to work. Oh, man. It's only Kevin yeah. just needed to be in the movie. I mean, yeah, but there's plenty of other roles that he could have been. Because Roland is like the super serious military guy. That's how he always is. Well, everyone is like comedic and shit. Um, next up, we got some Xbox ABK headlines. Just some quick uh, uh, ones. Sony agrees to the Call of Duty 10-year deal, but it does not extend to all ABK games. This comes from Tom Warren over at Twitter. Uh, Sony has agreed to a 10-year, call, uh, 10-year deal for Call of Duty with Microsoft to keep the franchise on PlayStation after the proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition. Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer says Sony and Microsoft have agreed to a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. 
Uh, while Microsoft's initial announcement doesn't mention 10 years for Call of Duty on PlayStation, Kerry Perez, head of global communications at Xbox, confirmed the 10-year commitment to The Verge. Perez later confirmed to The Verge that the deal is only for Call of Duty, though that makes the deal similar to the 10-year agreement between Microsoft and Nintendo, but not the various deals Microsoft have struck with NVIDIA and other cloud gaming platforms to bring Call of Duty and other Xbox Activision games to rival services. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that's something in of itself, but I also want to read this he- other headline real quick that the uh, merger agreement deadline uh, extended to October 18th. Uh, Phil Spencer over on Twitter says this, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard have extended the merger agreement deadline to uh, October 18th. We're optimistic about the- getting this done and excited about bringing more games to more players everywhere. Um, so yeah, just quick headlines. Uh, Dark, you're the most like invested in this case. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on these? So something I want to point out, which like a lot of people missed, the original... When the deal first went through, they, they sent out the contracts to everybody, sent one to Sony. The original contract was for 10 years of guaranteed Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard titles. If you notice, this new contract is just Call of Duty. Sony pretty much fucked around and found out with this, and they signed it no less. I'm assuming this is a big part to play because of them taking them to court and wasting their time, pretty much. Um, In terms of them extending the deadline, from what I've seen, and like just reading the room and other people reading the room as well, this deal is going to go through. Like, it does not look like this deal is going to fail. Oh, without question. They just needed a little bit extra time to like yeah. finalize things and play this 40 chess thing that they're doing. If you were following the case, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just a matter of time before it goes through. But uh, that end is finally in sight. I'm glad we can stop talking about this. <laughs> this is fucking annoying. For real. Yeah. But it is interesting because wasn't it also said they gave up a seven-year deal that was Call of Duty and all Activision? Now they're going for it. Now they're just getting a 10-year for just Call of Duty by itself. So the way um, first they said, okay, let's do seven years. And then Sony was like, the fuck is this? So then they raised it to 10 for everybody. And that 10-year deal included uh, Call of Duty and Activision titles. This new one is just Call of Duty, so they, they took away the other. I mean, if in theory, if Microsoft felt like they can make call Diablo exclusive and other types of shit, they're, they're they're happy with just Call of Duty. And also, I don't think yeah. that Microsoft's gonna stop. But like, if you know, in theory, Diablo Five comes out, I think they sell that on PlayStation too. Yeah, they most likely will. Exclusive. But they set themselves in a position where if they felt like they could, and oh, to be honest, like, no, nobody else has. Like Sony has themselves to blame yeah. for this. Like. If you if they had an argument in court, I would have understood. They went up to court and they were like defending Microsoft. So I don't understand what the fuck this whole thing was. It's a big waste of time. But yeah, like the whole deal, a big waste of time. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say, uh, Call of Duty 2034 is gonna be lit though. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. Day one Game Pass. Day one. Day one Game Pass Supreme Day One. It's Ultra Deluxe. Yeah. Oh yeah, Game Pass is definitely going to go up in price after all this happens. I'll tell you oh, that right no. now. Maybe like a year later they'll go up in price. Maybe not like the day of. It's like, hey, we bought Activision Blizzard. Uh, Game Pass is going up in price. Like they're not going to do that. They're going to like just increase the wait price a little up. bit. Like a bit. Of... <laughs> yeah, they did. Just raise it a bit. Yeah, I don't think they're going to raise yeah, exactly. it for a while. Yeah, at least a year after the deal. I'll say that. Uh, moving on, we got our next news story here. Uh, Gundam Evolution ending service November 29th, 2023. This comes from Orpheus Joshua over at NoisyPixel.com. Bandai Namco has announced that their free-to-play shooter Gundam Evolution will end service on November 29th, 2023. However, various in-game content updates will be released leading up to the title's ceased existence. 
Uh, I actually read on the website, and it is genuinely like one of the funniest things because <laughs> when you go on the website, it just says important announcement. Like, oh wow, something big is happening. Like, it looks like a happy thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, we're shutting down the servers. It's like, oh damn, okay, <laughs> it's aggressive. This is, like, um, the they- funniest announcement for us. <laughs> yeah, because we just into <laughs> We got okay. So side story: me and Dark were playing Gundam Evolution, and then like just. It- we saw the new story while we were playing. Like, literally two days later. It was I, I, got to, I got back into Gundam recently because I'm a big Gundam fan. I was like, you know what? We got Gundam Evolution here. Let's, let's bring the podcast boys in with me, right? We, we were playing. It was, it was fun, but, you know, the game's nothing crazy. And then the day of that we're doing this, the game's like, oh, yeah, we're shutting down the servers. <laughs> How long did that it's game sucked. last? Like, when did they come out? It came out for like December. A year. December. No, it, it uh, was like December for it wasn't even a year. December for PC, yeah, it was September. Wow, it wasn't even a whole yeah, year. Which is insane. <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely like that, that that's just a sucky news story. I mean, this could extend to just a larger conversation about live service titles. Um that'd be a fun topic of the show, honestly, of this idea of like live service games just continuously having a shorter and shorter lifespan. I mean, Rumbleverse was like a big one where it came out and then died in like less than half a year i think knockout city as well like all these games that seem like they were hits and then all of a sudden they just died off like okay guys shut off servers here's what i think is happening i think it's it's pretty clear that they want to do something with gundam ip they just don't know how to do it they've been experimenting a lot i'm sure you guys really there's a lot of like random one off gundam games of and they're all vastly different they're all just trying different things this was probably the closest that they've gotten to a success they, I don't know what they have to do to make a really good one. To be honest, turn-based but... tactics. Yo, do it. I think a turn-based that sounds really it, good yeah. actually. May, try it. Like yeah. Turn-based Gundam. I mean, it might be the one you're looking it's for. Just, it's a I mean, weird just thing because it's like, mission. It's basically what that is. When I look at Gundam, I don't think team-based shooter. <laughs> like this, I don't know. I, I think that's just me. <laughs> but it never. I, I, I'll say right now, like I'm not like a Gundam fan at all. But like, I, I I gave the game a shot. I didn't like it, but I gave it a shot. It, 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 like I also don't think the game should just shut down service. Like not even a year into its release. So right. overall, just kind of unfortunate release. Uh, moving on, we got a big, uh, a, a little sales update. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake has sold over 5 million units uh, worldwide. Mario 64 had this on Twitter. Cumulative sales of the games in the series now exceed 142 million units as of March 31st. Um, just it's overall, actually a little disappointing. Well, at least for, I thought that. it would sell. I would. I thought. I thought it would sell better. I think five million. Oh, what you expect? Five million. Final Fantasy. Five million for a single player. For a release, yeah, this is good. I think, I think it's a little disappointing. Okay, here's the thing: this is a remake. (laughs) Remakes sell worse than new games. This Uh, is a remake, and this is the Resident Evil series. For the Resident Evil series as a whole, this is good, especially given how long the game. Yeah, yeah. Mm, What universe is bad? Man, you've been clouded by bad. I just think it's less than I thought it would be. You gotta look you at like other games. Like, sales numbers. I mean, look at Final Fantasy 16. Look at every other like big game that's come out that's not a Switch game. Like they, this is about average to good. Yeah, like this is so like what a numbers good were you with sales? Like, that would have been good in your like opinion. Yeah, like... uh, Bench? eight million. Eight million? No, that's way too much. I'm trying to think of a big <laughs> AAA game that's not a Nintendo that has sold eight million. Okay, 
Think about it this Hogwarts way. Hogwarts Legacy. We're... That's Hogwarts. That's yeah, Harry actually. Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. It has that massive IP to carry itself. I mean, just for a multi-platform <clears throat> game, that's a big IP that's a known quantity. I thought it'd sell more. Resident Evil isn't as all-star of an IP as you would think. Like, it's not it's on the real, level. It's the biggest survival horror. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it's still yeah, like, no. like, it's crazy. For, but you have but it's survival horror. Really Mario, Zelda, Pokemon. Which three of those are Nintendo, which is funny to say. But, uh, like, these are the all-star IPs we're talking about. Resident Evil is, like, a t- probably a top-tier gaming IP, or at least a high-tier gaming IP. It is not, like, an all-star IP where, like, mm. everyone knows it. I just thought it's so survival much. genre. Survival horror is already kind of niche in a way to exactly, the general gaming yeah. audience, especially when you compare it to like Harry Potter, who you're going to get those like COD people who only buy like one or two games a year because they have that brand They'll idea buy Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. yeah, but compare it to like maybe um, another big uh, like Spider-Man. gaming only franchise, like not even Spider Man oh, because that, only. that yeah, yeah gaming only franchise. They like Resident Evil's on the smaller end because of that. Yeah, people know it. But not a lot of people actually play it because a lot of people don't like that survival horror. Exactly. Yeah, I still thought it'd be more. Hey, you can think that. Like Wolf said, you've just been blinded by Switch numbers. Yeah, because Switch sales numbers are so insane. Like, that's not fair because that's the Switch. (laughs) Um, Moon mentioned this earlier. Um, but FF16, we actually got some sales updates there. Uh, IGN, or not really sales updates, but almost like an update from Square's side of how they feel. Uh, IGN had the story. Square Enix responds to Final Fantasy 16 sales concerns, points to PS5 install base. Uh, this comes from Wesley Yenpool over at IGN. Uh, Square Enix has insisted sales of Final Fantasy 16 are extremely strong, telling IGN the game has sold well relative to the PlayStation 5 install base. PS5 exclusive sold 3 million copies during launch week, a figure that sparked debate online about whether it had met Square Enix's sale target. Uh, I'll tell you guys right now, if Square Enix says the game sold well, then the game sold well. <laughs> 3 million. Yeah, for a game that's only on PS5 that came out only a month ago, that's very, very strong. Oh, so now three million yeah. something. Now well, he, now he knows the price. Price. Only on PS5 and not being on PS4, Xbox, or PC. There's a big difference. Okay, bench. <laughs> now we um, use the but, logic brain. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, th- those are overall good sales figures. And like Square Enix, that, you know, Mr. It has not ex- hit our expectations, you know the strictest parents in the world, like even Square Enix, is like, oh no, this is actually sold really well for us. So it's like, that's really exciting to hear. You know what it could also be? They sold all their uh, Western studios. They have no one to blame now if their studio, if their game does bad. So my, now they might just be saying that oh, their game's too good. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, All of a sudden, all the games are good though. It sells 20 copies. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah it sold well. Their <laughs> expectations. And speaking of selling well, since you did include on the docket here, there was that update from Sega that um, that Sonic Frontiers has sold no. better than they expected. But also, they said it's a mission. What was Okay, okay, let me point this out. This motherfucker said, when is Sonic Frontiers going to go on sale? I want to play Sonic Frontiers, and now he wants to be a Sonic hater? No, no, no. I'm calling you out. He, he asked for the sale directly after shooting on the game. Oh, wow. This it's 30 bucks right now. Maybe we'll cop that. Yeah, not playing. Are you looking at Sonic sales right now? I just bro's looking at Sonic sales is not good. You've not played one. (laughs) No, I played many Sonic games. You have not. 
I don't believe I've it. I've played some of Mania. I played all the forces. I played all I the generations. Some of Mania? I played all the generations. <laughs> I played all the generations. I played all of Unleashed. Uh, there were two DS games I played. Wait, hang on. Uh, hang on. I played Generation. Sonic Heroes. You wait. I want to point this out. You beat Generations and said Heroes for a choice ain't nothing. <laughs> I just I don't like it. That is not the bad for a series you don't like. You played a lot of their games. Yeah, really. I'm about to say <laughs> you've been a lot of your games. Growing up, you play what you. I just say being a Sonic hater is kind of tacky nowadays. You know that's so last year. He's a classic Sonic fan. He played some of fucking games. It's so 2022. He, he, he's a Sonic fan, and yet he's over here saying he's not. <laughs> forces sucks so much. Oh yeah, uh, like, I had my friend. I had my forces. I had my friend's mom like buy me the forces copy, and I returned it the next day after I beat it. And I was very young at the time, and I thought it sucked. And so I that sucked. Everybody knows that Sonic forces suck. Doesn't mean the it series sucks. is bad though. <laughs> Sonic is bad. Sonic is great. Well, Sonic you gotta learn to love it because, as well in that report that they said Sonic Frontiers exceeded their expectations, but also they said they're gonna start looking at more remakes and remasters. So yeah, we can no, get more, more Sonic colors. Let's get Sonic yeah. Unleashed, baby. They have Sonic Unleashed they... with us in Nighttime Stages. I'm surprised Generations isn't available. It is. To be honest. It's compatible. Well, it's on no, backwards. You know. backwards no, compatible. Well, I mean, I'm just uh, yeah, I guess modern. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I, I played it on like PS3 recently. I'll buy Four Frontiers whenever it, the new DLC comes out. How about that? And then I'll play it for the podcast. Really work, but... Well, I mean, they're fixing stuff. They're adding stuff. So when the game's finally complete a year after launch, I'll play it. Finally, it was complete when it came. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not arguing. Let's just move on to the next topic. <laughs> I'm not yeah, is Final Fantasy 16 not complete? Is this they're adding the OC possible? No, 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 no. Let's not talk about any of Sonic. I know. Apparently, done. they they like added the spin dash and they're reworking the final island. Yes, because there those are added features, Bench. <laughs> added features, reworking the final island. That seems like you're making fixing That's mistakes. That's adding features. No, if sixteen gets the OC announcement, I'm gonna remember this shit. What is he talking about? I can't take it anymore. <laughs> People agree with me. We're no, only on episode 10. <laughs> Sonicators agree with you. But you play more games than the Sonicators. It makes the fucking <laughs> The tacky-ass Sonicators. So 2022. <laughs> Moving on to our next news story. A game we can all shit on, thankfully. Uh, Overwatch 2 engagement and player investment is declining. Activision Blizzard admits this comes from Taylor Lyles over on IGN. Overwatch 2's engagement and player investment is declining. The game's publisher, Activision Blizzard, admits. In its Q2 2023 earning reports, Activision Blizzard revealed its free-to-play shooter has declined sequentially. Sequen- sequentially. This Old quarter, however... Big word. <laughs> However, it thinks the game's next major update, Overwatch 2 Invasion, which releases next month, should help circumvent this issue. Yeah, my ass. While engagement and player investment in Overwatch 2 declines, they're going to use the word again, in the quarter, (laughs) the Overwatch team is looking forward to the August 10th release of Overwatch 2 Invasion, the publisher wrote in its earnings report. Uh, I also didn't put this on the doc, but Overwatch 2 is also revealed to come to Steam. uh, It's called August 10th. um, let me finish. Uh, we also had another news story. Uh, Ash Parrish over at The Verge. Uh, Activision Blizzard lays off its esports staff as it faces potential dramatic change for the Overwatch League. 
amid the final days of the Activision Blizzard, Microsoft deal, Activision Blizzard is laying off workers in its esports department while also pre- preparing for potentially huge changes coming to the Overwatch League. Early today, Blizzard released its second earnings quarter, uh, second quarter earnings report within it, which lies the potential fate of the Overwatch League. From the report, during the qu- second quarter, we amended certain terms of our collaborative arrangements with team entities participating in the Overwatch League. According to the amended terms, following the conclusion of the current Overwatch League season, the teams will vote on an updated operating agreement. If the teams do not vote to continue under an updated operating agreement, a termination fee of $6 million will be payable to each participating team, total fee of approximately $114 million. So they are literally paying you to fuck off, which is freaking hilarious. This is, this is the best thing that they've ever done. They are paying you to stop playing Overwatch 2. Everybody in the Overwatch League needs to quit. I'm in. This is the best thing you're ever gonna get. Just stop playing. Dude, I have something to say. I think oh, ahead, for Overwatch Two coming to Steam, I think is the first sign of the end of BattleNet once the deal closes. We know the Bethesda launcher was sunset. I don't think BattleNet will be around in the foreseeable future yeah, once the deal closes. Wait, wait, it was Bethesda not just completely taken away. Yep. I think, um, I don't know, I think Battle.net is big enough to where it'll stay, but I do think a lot of Activision Blizzard games will switch to Steam and uh, Microsoft Store. I think what, what honestly they should do, they won't, but they should just make, transform Battle.net into just a Microsoft launcher. Oh yeah, that's not Because the, their launcher <laughs> sucks, so just make the good, the half-decent good one, the Xbox one with the team you have there. Well, the, the thing is, is that transitioning is not going to be like an overnight thing. Like, I know, you have but to add all the Xbox games onto that, and that's going to be know. like a whole process. But maybe it's worth it's it because everyone crapped on their PC launcher. Oh yeah, for sure. When the deal goes through, right? Pull a good in evolution and cancel the servers, right? And let the game die fully. Then give nah, Overwatch IP to a different studio. And let them make a tactical turn-based Overwatch game, and it'll pop off. And just movie, keep making everything too. tactical turn-based. And yes, we <laughs> can. To be honest, think about it. Overwatch characters work really well in a tactical turn-based setting. They really do. With how diverse they're. I mean, yeah, I and guess, but like green light is fucking movie. Look, the animation team. I don't think they get paid enough. Oh yeah. Let them make a movie <laughs> and pay well pleased. I think. I mean, just like we've talked a lot about Overwatch 2, and I hate talking about this game because it just makes me sad. It is just a complete fumbling on the end of Blizzard, just not treating this IP with the respect it deserves because it, it is a golden IP. I always said that the IP is. This is just a Blizzard best. staple, bro. It's just unreal. Are they doing the same show with Diablo? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't put it in the Diablo 4. It's a fantastic it. game. And in their recent update, they're like losing player base and like. Have you seen the score in Metacritic? <laughs> it is oh, yeah. drastically. Well, use your score, but yeah. It's a big review bombing. And also just uh, because of those recent patch notes, they have like come back and like, they're saying like, oh, we're retracting some things. But like, I feel like the damage is already done. It was such a severe... Too late. Like, it was, they like, were already patch... in a bad situation. Because like, they didn't I... have a post game. I followed patch notes for a good amount of games like Smash or Overwatch. And like, there have been patch notes before where the community is like, what the fuck are they thinking? This is the first time, like, we're Diablo 4 re- learning about the patch notes. I have never seen a community shift their opinion on a game so fucking quickly yeah. just based on patch notes. It is unreal. Yeah, I, I didn't notice. I wasn't paying attention, but yeah, I saw this massive shift in, in Diablo 4 based on, like, what, what happened? Pretty much what happened. The base game itself is fantastic, right? 
but there is no real post game, and that's what like a lot of Diablo players like. So this, we're stuck waiting for a new season, and people's like, okay, you know what? Game's good. We'll hold out to the new season. And then the patch notes are coming that are happening now, and they're just like ruining everything. People's builds, entire characters. They will, I think, what was it, like the Wizard Warlock class? I forgot what the fuck it was called. The sorcerer, the sorcerer class, I think. Yeah, the sorcerer. That was the weakest class in the game, hands down. And it desperately needed a buff. They nerfed they the nerf shit out of it. <laughs> they pulled an Overwatch Mercy. It, it's, it's, I'll say this right now. That is a complete, like, that is something they did with Sojourn um, in a different manner. Where Sojourn in Overwatch 2 for the first few months was so dominant, so absolutely fucking bullshit. Nobody liked playing against her. And they, they literally buffed her. They buffed her, and they're they're like, well, according to our data, your data is wrong. Look on Twitter for they five seconds. You realize nobody fucking likes her. <laughs> you know when the editor saw Roadhog can heal and move at the same time? They make no, Roadhog was broken at the time too. <laughs> oh no no, that the heal and move that was back when he was terrible. I remember when that happened. Um, it, wasn't the, it was something with Roadhog that they buffed him. It was like Roadhog. It, it's just in Overwatch two. Um, he was kind of like like buffed. You know, like all the tanks he was buffed. And they didn't like people realize just how overpowered Roadhog was, and they just haven't fixed him. <laughs> but I, I also stopped keeping up with the game. I, I don't care about Overwatch anymore. I've just given up. Blizzard so can make a them. great like they they have the ability to make great games and fantastic IPs that people fall in love with, and then they shit the bed in the worst way possible directly afterwards. <laughs> it's a, the it's porn weird. community make... is carrying Overwatch, and I stand by this. They make they a do more for them base. than the devs themselves. They make a great base. The base is always so strong, but it always feels like they fumble when it comes to the building on top of that base. And it, it, like it's happened, it happened with Diablo. I don't want to say it happened with Diablo Four. Like I don't want to immediately like spell Doom. Like the game is dead. But like it's happening. Like it is currently Diablo Four is not in the best position it could be as comparatively to launch. It happened with Overwatch too, because I'm sorry that game's dead. I don't give a shit about it. Wow, anymore. the WoW bounce back. Wow. Uh, well, WoW's been doing good. Like I, I know the last uh, expansion was good, but also I, I've heard from like some friend, friend of the podcast, uh, that he very much has been saying that WoW has not been on a good path as of late. So who knows? Let's. <laughs> I, I hope Blizzard could turn around. I hope the Xbox deal makes Blizzard turn around. That's kind of my hope. Yeah. Same. That's all we can hope for now. Um, I guess that's pretty much everything news-wise, unless there was more articles that I missed. I realized I was slacking today. Because <laughs> uh, the amount of times you guys said, podcast. oh, this, was, <laughs> this wasn't in the dock. This wasn't in the dock. It's like, damn, You're I fine. I've been failing, man. <laughs> well, we should have yeah. bring this up on your uh, corporate review. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we can talk about trails for an hour now. Don't worry. No. All right, banning trails. Yeah, trails time. All right, <laughs> all right. We're moving on to what we've been playing. Before the influx of trails talk begins, I'll start. <laughs> um, I've, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um, I guess I'll real quick uh, kind of continue my thoughts on Captain Toad. I beat the game. It's good. Like that's kind of my viewpoint. It's not like this amazing ten out of ten experience. It's just good. Like it, the way it you were building like, it up, though, leading up to playing it, made it seem like a 10 out of 10 game. I was just wanting something different. That's really it. And it, it fulfilled its purpose in that regard. But like, it, just in general, like playing through Captain Toad, it, the game is slow. Like I was going for 100%, like I do with every single Mario game. Like I was going for the 100%, and eventually I got tired of because you basically have to replay each level three times. 
but it is so slow when it comes to restarting the level because what happens is you start the level like you do the level the first time takes you back to the main menu unlocks a new level and then it's like okay i want to go back in and then you have to do a, an objective in the level and then it boots you back to the thing the objective of which you're not even revealed until you beat the level the first time which is dumb um, and then you have to do the pixel toad where you have to see this dumbass pixel toad run across the screen every single time. And then you have to scour the level looking for a tiny little pixel toad. It, it's dumb. I, I, and eventually I'm like, I'm not doing 100% anymore. This is just not fun. But even then, like, just I had a great time, like, just screwing around with the game. Um, it, it, was, it was a good palate cleanser after FF16. That, that's kind of all I can say about it. It was a solid, like, 7.5 out of 10 game. Um, but I also. I've been playing a lot of shooters. Uh, I beat the Black Ops 1 campaign um, for the first time ever. And I got to say, this is easily one of my favorite Call of Duty campaigns. I love the characters. I love. I was fully invested in the story. If, I guess like little history on me. I love US history, especially Cold War era. I am a huge nerd for that stuff. This game taking place right during the Cold War, pretty much at the peak of it. And, you know, I was fanboying over JFK. The voice actor they got for JFK was also really good. Like, genuinely, that was an amazing impression of JFK. And, I mean, just throughout the whole story, like, I was fully invested in Mason's story, the whole numbers plotline, what do the numbers mean, Mason, all that. Like, all that stuff was just 10 out of 10. Um, I do think there was aspects of the campaign I wasn't the biggest fan of. I think um, you spend a long time a lot more time than I'd prefer in Vietnam, which, hey, I mean, that could be commentary in and of itself, but we're not going to get into it. <laughs> but there's a lot of missions that take place in Vietnam that I'd prefer. It's like, okay, I'm ready for a change of scenery. And also just um, a lot of, there's like weird, like enemies, like placements in terms of the campaign that didn't work for me personally. That, that That's like more specific stuff that I'd have to really like deep dive review on which we're not going to do. I'll say that right now. But like, just in general, all you need to know, this is easily one of my favorite COD campaigns right up there with Modern Warfare 2. Loved it. And I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer for Black Ops 1, as well as Modern Warfare 2. And all I could say is the games are still phenomenal. Modern Warfare 2 is pure insanity. The game is completely unbalanced, and that's why I love it. And Black Ops 1 is much more balanced, much more fun, and it has the best maps probably in the entire series. Um, and another shooter series I've been playing, and I've been playing with a co-host, Dark. We played, we beat Gears of War 1, and we're actually currently playing through Gears of War 2 at the moment uh, through the co-op campaign. And uh, this is my first foray into the Gears series. Dark is a huge Gears of War fan. And overall, I'm having a great time with it. I think Gears of War 1 was a solid experience, like very much. Just it was a fun. It was a game we beat in one sitting in like four and a half hours, which was just Dude, pretty that was cool. the craziest thing to me. It was, it was like we're friends outside of this. I don't like that. We don't hang out outside yeah, of the we're podcast. Just you. This the awkward way to find out he's never invited to anything. <laughs> not, not our fault. You're on your third vacation of the fucking month. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Gears of War 1 was great. And so far, we're like, I, I don't know, like halfway through Gears of War 2. I'll be halfway through Gears of War 2. Okay, like about halfway. So yeah, we, we, I've been also having a great time with that. Uh, I guess Dark, uh, how about your experiences with Gears of War and also this other game you've been playing? Which I'm so I haven't touched. I mean, I've I've been a big fan of Gears of War, but I haven't touched the the classics, especially the campaign, in a really long time. So playing it through again has been amazing, and playing it co-op, man, it is fucking hilarious. Yep. 
there is so many things to make it's a fun it's a fun experience it's a very arcadey shooter if you haven't played it before highly recommend playing through it and it's just it's a good time the games aren't long whatsoever but yeah, you guys I mean, we beat it in one sitting so yeah <laughs> I, I think was, it took one... us like what four and a half hours one thing I will say uh, before I, I um, move transition, I love the reload mechanic. I think the reload mechanic is such a cool idea. This idea of if you press reload at the right time, you get like a perfect reload, extra damage, and all that. Genuinely, such an interesting mechanic that I wish more shooters would do. Gamify. Get an active reload. It's like a little mini. Yeah, that's what I'm And it makes like a sound that's very satisfying. Oh man. Um, but you've also uh, been playing another game pick. Yeah, so as for my second game, I picked up Trails into Reverie, which dropped recently. Um, I'm not going to go deep into the story of this game that just dropped in the like in North America for the first time. If Putting out there, if you never played the Trails games, you're not starting with this game, so don't worry. If you're into the Trails series, you already know like the gist of this. This, this game is for you, of course, so it doesn't disappoint. Um... I am about. I'm in the tail, like the tail end of it now. I'm reaching that. It's not a long game whatsoever. It's oh, borderline. Right. Yeah, it's it's actually the shortest out of the trail series. So for someone like me who beats games fast, I'm I'm already near the tail. Um, it's basically Cold Steel Five. It acts as an epilogue to the Crossbow Crew, and you can play as damn near everyone in this from the entire series inside this, which is really fun. The Reverie component itself. Um, there is a post game. Where you can play as everybody as mini games like a little hub area. It's a fun time. It's they're they're not retail. They're doing something very similar to Sky Three, but just a hundred times better. Okay. But besides that, nothing real negative to say. Oh, there is one thing I want to mention, but I mentioned it. In terms of trailers, I don't know why NAS did this. A lot of like the really hype moments were inside the trailers. No, I'm not sure why the fuck they did that. Because Trails itself is very much like a series of moments. Like things lead up to like a big moment. And then the big yeah. moment. So for them having those big moments in the trailer, and I mean like there are like five or six of them in the trailers, it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Do go into this game blind if you can. Okay, yeah. That's what I assume. Uh, Moon, what about you? Uh, so I'm on the tail end of. Uh, writing code. I'm on like the last little bit of chapter four. I'm about to wrap up this case. And then this game only has five chapters, so I only have one more to go. Uh, but whether to find out this is either the longest chapter or the shortest chapter, because it could really go either way in these kind of games. Like the last chapter is either the longest or it's the shortest. Um, overall, like I've been saying, the mysteries have been really good. Uh, so I'm curious now, because like I said last time, each mystery so far of each chapter you're using a different partner from this group of characters you met so we're on the last of them now so i'm guessing it has to be kind of like an end game kind of thing where you're going to get use everybody everyone's all going to be here to solve whatever the last of the mystery is of chapter five which i will say so far doesn't seem like all of these stories so far have been pretty isolated like yeah they're all taking place coherently in a timeline but they're not they're all separate from the overall arcing story and there hasn't been a whole lot of the overarching story so far chapter four has been given us the most um like information about what the overall arcing story is so i'm curious to see where does this end and then how does this take us into chapter five and what is the main objective and problem of chapter five so it'll be interesting to see how that goes i should have it done by either this weekend or 
at least by the next podcast. I was hoping to have it done by this podcast episode, but anime happened, YouTube happened, work happened. <laughs> so it happens to I us should, all. Uh, but I should have it hopefully done pretty soon. Uh, then I got, I guess God told me I needed to play Symphony of the Night. This, because... this, this, your thoughts on this determines our friendship. I want you to know <laughs> right now. <laughs> because what happened was, we somehow Symphony and I came up in conversation. I granted it's Wolf, so Castlevania just comes it, up every so weird. often. <laughs> um, but then it went on sale for like three dollars and twenty nine cents on the Xbox Live Arcade, like the three sixty backwards compatible version. And then I immediately got a message on my Xbox saying, "Hey, you have enough points for a three dollar gift card." I'm like, "Okay." Clearly, someone up above is telling me to play Symphony of the Night because I got it for 29 cents. Um, so I started that. According to Wolf, I got pretty far. Like, I got most of the um, castle. You're, you're, I, I more so met uh, you're farther than I expected you to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it took a little getting used to, like, the controls in there because it doesn't tell you jack shit about what to do or where to go or anything. That's what uh, I like, but, baby. <laughs> but Press all I'm, the buttons, figure it out. <laughs> But I, so I figured most stuff out, and as on my like third play session of it, I finally figured out the map. Finally found out how the map works. Uh, so now I have a, like, a, and I bought the map from the magician, not magician, but the librarian guy. So now I have a full map to work with, which is definitely motivates me a little bit better instead of just blindly wandering around. It's interesting. Combat is obviously my biggest gripe so far. There's no directional, so I can't attack upward. I can't attack at an angle. So I'm. No, you can, you can, it's it's very situational, and I'm yeah. waiting to get some magic. I need a projectile of some kind. Uh, so the ma- magic you get from like the uh, librarian. I don't know if you met him yet. I let, I I bought the map from him. Oh, but I don't I don't think I had enough money to buy any magic. Though. I kind of just bought the map and I'll, something else. I can, I can tell you right now, you can use the spells right now. He just tells you how to use them, but you could like look them up and then just use them if you want. Yeah, I may have to do that, but. Uh, it's interesting so far. I'm getting into the music. I'm getting just into that Metroidvania kind of wandering around groove. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll probably clean that up uh, on the side where I finish Raincoat and then whatever my next game is. I think I'm going to try to clean up Octopath Traveler 2 after that. Uh, but I'll still play Symphony of the Night on the side. And then what Wolf wants me to talk Here about... Here we go. I'm excited. His Pokemon Sleep that came out in Here the US go. the other day. Um... I'm still trying to figure it out. It's one of those mobile games that just throws a lot of shit at you at the beginning, because it's built like a gotcha game almost. Uh, but instead of money that you give it, you have to give it your sleeping hours. But the first thing right off the back I want to say about this that I'm surprised I haven't heard more about, maybe I'm just not paying attention to that part of Twitter, but how this game works and tracks your sleep is you leave the app open on your phone and it goes into like a dark mode so it doesn't like burn your screen or waste your battery. I think it basically tells you, say, hey, plug your phone in, leave it open on the app, place your phone down on your mattress, and let it just sit there all night on the app. <laughs> and it has and it requires you to have the microphone on. So it's listening to you sleep. That is so creepy. <laughs> I said, I'm pretty I'm surprised there's not been like a, some kind of like privacy uproar about this. That's what I'm surprised about. I, I think people just accept that as like, ah, yeah. Um, I don't know how it exactly measures your sleep. I don't know. There was like some joke article, uh, like I saw a bit ago. It's like it listens to you fart in your sleep and it makes note of it. 
<laughs> um, I'm guessing, I don't know if it tracks like snoring, whatever. I'm not much of a snorer. I only very rarely do. So if it's tracking it by that, it's not getting a lot of information out of me. I've only slept with it two days now. The first one, it felt, it said, oh yeah, you got some nice heavy, deep sleep. And I'm like, okay. But then this last night, I got up in the morning, looked at it. And it said, oh, you didn't get much sleep last night, did you? It was very light sleep. You only got four hours. Like, no, I got about seven hours of sleep. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so it's it's probably because I'm not doing exactly as it wants it to, because it's not sitting on my bed and it's not plugged in in the way it wants it to. It's what I have next to my bed is I put I installed a shelf and my charger is like one of those little stand chargers. Uh, oh, so yeah. it, so I just kind of sit it on there and, the, and it's charger like normal with the microphone listening. So I'm guessing it's probably not going to give you the most accurate results. And I'm curious if I were to set it up the way it's supposed to be, and I might get different results. But I'm also afraid I'm a roller in my sleep, so it's going to be sitting on my bed and I'm going to find it on the floor in the middle of the night. Uh, that Yeah, no, I can never do that because I am a huge roller. So it's just like, I'm never going to touch this thing. Um, but then coming down to the gameplay, when you wake up, Pokemon have been attracted to your Snorlax because you're taking care of a Snorlax is what you're doing. And all these Pokemon come to sleep with the Snorlax and then sleeping gives you points that turns into cookies and treats that you're supposed to feed these Pokemon. I'm still trying to figure all that out, but that's what I've just been collecting right now. I've got some Pichus. I've got some other random Pokemon. I need to look at the Pokedex. Um, but yeah, this, you're just trying to... The whole loop seems to be collect stuff in your sleep, get berries and cookies and whatnot, give them to the Pokemon that you attract, fill out the Pokedex and hope you get out like a rare Pokemon or something in your sleep. Cause it seems to be all RNG. And I don't know if it's based on how good you sleep, if the Pokemon are better or not, because I got some good Pokemon during my deep sleep from two nights ago. I got some bad light sleep last night and all I got were three Pichus. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it hey. is based on how well you sleep. I mean, Hey, if you like Pichu, there you go. You got three of them. Yeah. So <laughs> So yeah, that's right. like my, that's like the first two days of Pokemon sleep. I I guess Wolf will want me to continue this until yeah, next you're week. Definitely continuing this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome, uh, Bench. Wake up. You get to talk about trails here. <laughs> I have since trails. I've been gone. I've beaten two games. I beat Ghost Trick, which was phenomenal. The whole all the characters, like the foreshadowing, everything. Ghost Trick was great. I highly recommend it. And pick, I beat Pikmin 1. Yes? I want to uh, ask you about Ghost Trick. So is it like a puzzle game? Like, how does it work exactly? Because that's one yes. on my list. A puzzle game made by the Ace Attorney dude. Uh, dude? You mean Messiah? <laughs> that's yes. my goat. Yeah, it was very good. And it's, it's a short experience. I think it took me a little over 10 hours to beat. Oh, and nice. it, was, it was great. I mean, can't get any better than that for what the game was. And the twist like story was... Oh yeah, story-wise, the end was pretty crazy. It's separated into like 18 chapters, which makes the pace feel like it's constantly moving because you're going somewhere new at each chapter, doing something. Is it kind of like how Moon talks about Rain Code and how it's like he doesn't look forward to the gameplay parts? Is that the case, or is it like no? The the gameplay is amazing. Oh, okay, cool, cool. The gameplay, I'd say, is one of the main carries of the game. The story and gameplay work in harmony, pretty much. Yeah, I played the demo. Basically, how it works is you're haunting stuff, and it's a puzzle. Like, you got to figure out, like, this affects this, this affects this. Like, the ball it hits the ball, the ball rolls this way, the, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You got to figure out the puzzle Great from game. 
and then I beat Pikmin 1, which was a good time. Definitely had some flaws, but overall I had a fun time with it. It's aged a lot, right? It has. And then I started The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 Wednesday night. We're going to have to hear about this a lot. And it has been... I'm I'm seven hours in, and having I started it a little background on my trails experience. Dark unfortunately convinced me to get in back in like late December, so I've been playing since then. I've been playing since late December, and took like a three month break because just all the new releases were coming out, and I'm back on that now. I'm planning to play three and four back to back over the next month or so until Starfield comes out, and with seven hours into three. I'm just loving it. The improved engine, the improved battle system, great seeing the characters return, and they're all great as usual in the story. I'm engaged in it. just can't get any better than it. The Trail series is like one of the best game series out there, and it's unfortunate how niche it is. And I can't, well, it's a massive commitment. I can't recommend it enough to people. That's great to hear. I mean, I played Trails in the Sky 1. I really loved it. Uh, maybe one day I'll go back to that series. Ben Look forward to hearing too. more every week. Because oh, I'll yeah, be on it for a while. The weekly Trails update. God yep. bless America. Um, I will say real quick. Um, Pikmin 4 came out today. I was very busy, so I did not have the chance to put it in yet. Um, one I played in the demo is amazing, so I expect the full game to be just as good. <laughs> but the, Sadly, I have not been playing Pikmin 4 really... St- I'm a fraud. That's all there is. You are. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that we've been playing. Um, and I'm going to hand it right back to you for outro. All right, well, I see Dark is playing Gundam Evolution before it dies, so enjoy that while it while it lasts. Looking at the skins, don't mind me. <laughs> uh, so hope you all enjoyed uh, this like monumental episode 10. We reached episode 10. I forgot to say that at the top of the <laughs> podcast, but we reached episode 10. We haven't strangled each other yet. Very yeah. close, though. We've come yeah. very close. Well, Bench is like one more. Bench is really pushing it for me. <laughs> uh, so, hope you all enjoyed. Make sure to follow us. Tell us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell anyone who will listen to to listen to a slice of gaming podcast. And, like I said, we got some more content coming out pretty soon. Can't promise this week, but maybe something might come out this week, but it will be in the near future. Uh, so, you have more to listen to all of us because you know that's what you want. That's why you're tuning in. I hope you all have a good one. Have a good night. Good night, y'all.